0: PART THREE CHAPTER ELEVEN OF TRUE STORIES FROM HISTORY AND BIOGRAPHY BY NATHANIEL HAWTHORNE. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. GRANDFATHER'S DREAM Grandfather was struck by Lawrence's idea that the historic chair should utter a voice, AND THUS POUR FORTH THE COLLECTED WISDOM OF TWO CENTURIES. THE OLD GENTLEMAN HAD ONCE POSSESSED NO INCONSIDERABLE SHARE OF FANCY, AND EVEN NOW ITS FADING SUNSHINE OCCASIONALLY GLIMMERED AMONG HIS MORE SOMBER REFLECTIONS. AS THE HISTORY OF THE CHAIR HAD EXHAUSTED ALL HIS FACTS, Grandfather determined to have recourse to fable. So, after warning the children that they must not mistake this story for a true one, he related what we shall call Grandfather's Dream. Lawrence and Clara, where were you last night? Where were you, Charlie and dear little Alice? YOU HAD ALL GONE TO REST, AND LEFT OLD GRANDFATHER TO MEDITATE ALONE IN HIS GREAT CHAIR. THE LAMP HAD GROWN SO DIM THAT ITS LIGHT HARDLY ILLUMINATED THE ALABASTER SHADE. THE WOOD-FIRE HAD CRUMBLED INTO HEAVY EMBERS, AMONG WHICH THE LITTLE FLAMES DANCED AND QUIVERED AND SPORTED ABOUT LIKE FAIRIES and here sat grandfather all by himself he knew that it was bedtime yet he could not help longing to hear your merry voices or to hold a comfortable chat with some old friend because then his pillow would be visited by pleasant dreams but as neither children nor friends were at hand Grandfather leaned back in the great chair and closed his eyes for the sake of meditating more profoundly, and when Grandfather's meditations had grown very profound indeed, he fancied that he heard a sound over his head as if somebody were preparing to speak. <clears> hm <throat> it said in a dry, husky tone. <clears> hum, <throat> hum. As grandfather did not know that any person was in the room, he started up in great surprise, and peeped hither and thither behind the chair and into the recess by the fireside, and at the dark nook yonder near the bookcase. Nobody could he see. Pooh said Grandfather to himself. I must have been dreaming. But just as he was going to resume his seat, Grandfather happened to look at the great chair. The rays of firelight were flickering upon it in such a manner "'that it really seemed as if its oaken frame were all alive. "'What? Did it not move its elbow? "'There, too, it certainly lifted one of its ponderous forelegs, "'as if it had a notion of drawing itself a little nearer to the fire. "'Meanwhile the lion's head nodded at Grandfather,' with as polite and sociable a look as a lion's visage carved in oak could possibly be expected to assume well this is strange good evening my old friend said the dry and husky voice now a little clearer than before WE HAVE BEEN INTIMATELY ACQUAINTED SO LONG THAT I THINK IT HIGH TIME THAT WE HAVE A CHAT TOGETHER. GRANDFATHER WAS LOOKING STRAIGHT AT THE LION'S HEAD, AND COULD NOT BE MISTAKEN IN SUPPOSING THAT IT MOVED ITS LIPS. SO HERE THE MYSTERY WAS ALL EXPLAINED i was not aware said grandfather with a civil salutation to his oaken companion that you possessed the faculty of speech otherwise i should often have been glad to converse with such a solid useful and substantial if not brilliant member of society oh replied the ancient chair in a quiet and easy tone for it had now cleared its throat of the dust of ages. I am naturally a silent and incommunicative sort of character. Once or twice, in the course of a century, I unclosed my lips. When the gentle lady Arbella departed this life, I uttered a groan. WHEN THE HONEST MINT MASTER WEIGHED HIS PLUMP DAUGHTER AGAINST the PINE-TREE SHILLINGS, I CHUCKLED AUDIBLY AT THE JOKE. WHEN OLD SIMON BRADSTREET TOOK THE PLACE OF THE TYRANT ANDROS, I JOINED IN THE GENERAL HOOZA, AND CAPERED UPON MY WOODEN LEGS FOR JOY. TO BE SURE, THE BYSTANDERS WERE SO FULLY OCCUPIED WITH THEIR OWN FEELINGS THAT MY SYMPATHY WAS QUITE UNNOTICED. AND HAVE YOU OFTEN HELD A PRIVATE CHAT WITH YOUR FRIENDS? ASKED GRANDFATHER. NOT OFTEN, ANSWERED THE CHAIR. I ONCE TALKED WITH SIR WILLIAM Phipps AND COMMUNICATED MY IDEAS ABOUT THE WITCHCRAFT DELUSION. COTTON MATHER HAD SEVERAL CONVERSATIONS WITH ME and derived great benefit from my historical reminiscences in the days of the stamp act i whispered in the ear of hutchinson bidding him to remember what stock his countrymen were descended of and to think whether the spirit of their forefathers had utterly departed from them the last man whom i favoured with a colloquy WAS THAT STOUT OLD REPUBLICAN SAMUEL ADAMS. "'And how happens it,' inquired grandfather, "'that there is no record nor tradition "'of your conversational abilities? "'It is an uncommon thing to meet with a chair that can talk.' "'Why, to tell the truth,' said the chair, "'giving itself a hitch nearer to the hearth?' I am not apt to choose the most suitable moments for enclosing my lips. Sometimes I have inconsiderately begun to speak, when my occupant, lolling back in my arms, was inclined to take an after-dinner nap, or perhaps the impulse to talk may be felt at midnight, when the lamp burns dim and the fire crumples into decay and the studious or thoughtful man finds that his brain is in a mist. Oftenest I have unwisely uttered my wisdom in the ears of sick persons, when the inquietude of fever made them toss about upon my cushion. And so it happens that though my words make a pretty strong impression at the moment, yet my auditors invariably remember them only as a dream— i should not wonder if you my excellent friend were to do the same to-morrow morning nor i either thought grandfather to himself however he thanked this respectable old chair for beginning the conversation and begged to know whether it had anything particular to communicate i have been listening attentively to your narrative of my adventures replied the chair and it must be owned that your correctness entitles you to be held up as a pattern to biographers. Nevertheless, there are a few omissions which I should be glad to see supplied. For instance, you make no mention of the good knight Sir Richard Saltonstall, nor the famous Hugh Peters, nor of those old regicide judges Wallie, Goff, and Dixwell. Yet I have borne the weight of all these distinguished characters at one time or another. Grandfather promised amendment if ever he should have an opportunity to repeat his narrative. The good old chair which still seemed to retain a due regard for outward appearance then reminded him how long a time had passed since it had been provided with a new cushion. It likewise expressed the opinion that the oaken figures on its back would show to much better advantage by the aid of a little varnish. "'And I have had a complaint in this joint,' continued the chair, endeavoring to lift one of its legs, ever since Charlie trundled his wheelbarrow against me. "'It shall be attended to,' said Grandfather. "'And now, Venerable Chair, I have a favor to solicit. "'During an existence of more than two centuries,' YOU HAVE HAD A FAMILIAR INTERCOURSE WITH MEN WHO WERE ESTEEMED THE WISEST OF THEIR DAY. DOUBTLESS WITH YOUR CAPACIOUS UNDERSTANDING, YOU HAVE TREASURED UP MANY AN INVALUABLE LESSON OF WISDOM. YOU CERTAINLY HAVE HAD TIME ENOUGH TO GUESS THE RIDDLE OF LIFE. TELL US, POOR MORTALS, THEN, HOW WE MAY BE HAPPY. The lion's head fixed its eyes thoughtfully upon the fire, and the whole chair assumed an aspect of deep meditation. Finally it beckoned to Grandfather with his elbow, and made a step sideways towards him, as if it had a very important secret to communicate. AS LONG AS I HAVE STOOD IN THE MIDST OF HUMAN AFFAIRS, SAID THE CHAIR, WITH A VERY ORACULAR ENUNCIATION, I HAVE CONSTANTLY OBSERVED THAT JUSTICE, TRUTH, AND LOVE ARE THE CHIEF INGREDIENTS OF EVERY HAPPY LIFE. JUSTICE, TRUTH, AND LOVE? EXCLAIMED GRANDFATHER. We need not exist two centuries to find out that these qualities are essential to our happiness. This is no secret. Every human being is born with the instinctive knowledge of it. Ah! cried the chair, drawing back in surprise. From what I have observed of the dealings of man with man and nation with nation, I never should have suspected that they knew this all-important secret and with this eternal lesson written in your soul, do you ask me to sift new wisdom for you out of my petty existence of two or three centuries? But my dear chair, said grandfather. Not a word more, interrupted the chair. Here I close my lips for the next hundred years. At the end of that period, if I shall have discovered any new precepts of happiness, better than that what heaven has already taught you they shall assuredly be given to the world in the energy of its utterance the oaken chair seemed to stamp its foot and trod we hope unintentionally upon grandfather's toe the old gentleman started and found that he had been asleep in the great chair and that his heavy walking-stick had fallen down across his foot grandfather cried to little alice clapping her hands you must dream a new dream every night about our chair lawrence and clara and charlie said the same but the good old gentleman shook his head and declared that here ended the history, real or fabulous, of Grandfather's Chair. End of Part 3 Chapter 11